Amen. It is uh, good to see you all here uh, this morning. I missed you all last weekend as Jamie and I were in Canada last weekend uh, celebrating a buddy of ours' uh, wedding. Um, it was an honor to be in his wedding. And so we spent a couple days uh, or just an extra day visiting Toronto. We saw the Niagara Falls as well. So we had a real good time, but it is good to be back. It's, it's already starting to get weird. I'm, I'm already accustomed to being here so much that it's weird for me not to be here on Sunday mornings. Um, so, it's, so it's good to be uh, back with you all here this morning. So before I start, uh, I just need to take a moment to brag on uh, a couple of people this morning. Uh, so yesterday we had our, our girls' soccer game. The girls did great. Um, they're really learning the stuff uh, that uh, we've been practicing and such. And so it's great to see them implement uh, and, and to real game uh, scenarios, so that was good. And, and so we won, and we we're all happy and having a good time. And as I was uh, getting my stuff all packed up, I was heading to my car, getting ready to leave. Uh, I was uh, going to go by the store, uh, get a card for my wife since it was his birthday yesterday, write a cute, nice little note, finish up my sermon before she got home from work. And I go to open my car, and it's locked. And my keys are in the car. So fortunately, uh, Todd and Mark were there uh, yesterday, so I was like, you guys got a spare, like, wire hanger or anything? It was like, you locked your keys in the car. Right on, I did. And so we worked on it for probably close to an hour, but we just didn't have the proper tools to uh, get it open. Um, so I called Jamie then. Uh, she was at work, uh, working on her birthday. I don't have AAA, but she does. And so I was, hey, uh, I locked my keys in the car. Um, would you mind coming over here, calling AAA uh, to get so I can go home and, and enjoy the day? And, uh, and well, I know it's her birthday, too. Uh, so uh, she, she, she got off. She was able to, to leave work a couple hours early, so we got all taken care of. And then on top of that all, the Hackathorns and the Bakers uh, took us out to eat after that. Uh, paid for our meals. So we were, I'm blessed, have a wonderful wife, have a wonderful church family. Uh, and that, that's just uh, one, one little small act of kindness and appreciation that I have. Uh, it's great being a part of a church family, as I'm sure, I'm sure many of us have many stories of how great and wonderful it is to be a part of a church family. But I had to take uh, advantage of this situation and share with you guys um, about how awesome our church family is. And side note, um, this year, I'm two for two and locking my keys in my car on mine and Jamie's birthday this year. So, hey, that's pretty good. Eh, 100% success ratio this year. The only two times I've ever done it, and I hope that trend ends next year. She's going to take the keys away from me by, by the time I'm driving next year. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> this morning, uh, we're talking about uh, invigorating topic, uh, the invigorating topic of tithing. Um, I had a professor at the Bible College, uh, David Krogh, who many of you guys may be familiar with. He's really one of the key cogs in our denomination. He, he does so much for, for our churches uh, and, and the General Conference, Church of God General Conference. And David, um, he, he taught a personal finance class. And in his class, uh, he was telling us that it is necessary that at least once, at least once every year, you talk about tithing. So here you go, David, talking to my church about tithing at least once a year. So here it is. And, and I think David is right on when he says that you got to talk about this at least once a year. Um, because when we look at the scriptures, 
We see that money, wealth, possessions, land was so important in the Bible. In fact, according to Wealth with Purpose, there are more than 2,300 verses on money, wealth, or possessions. I mean, there's 31,102 verses in the Bible. So nearly one out of every 10 verses in in your Bible is talking about or mentioning wealth, uh, money, wealth, or possessions. And so that's crazy. And when we look at the ministry of Jesus, one one of his main teachings in his ministry was about how to deal with money, how to handle your money. And so apparently Jesus and the other authors of the Bible thought, it, that, thought that it was important that the people knew how to handle their money. And I think all the more important today in our society, in our culture, when, when we look at the American dream and, you know, trying to attain success through hard work and, and attain wealth and, and a nice home and whatever, uh, I, think, I think our world and our society is very much focused on, on wealth. And so we need to look at a proper way in how to handle our wealth because wealth is, is not a bad thing. M- money in of itself is not a bad thing. Money is not evil. It's just how we spend our money uh, that, that may lead to some poor decisions. But we're just talking about a small aspect of handling our money this morning and, and talking about tithing. And so we'll be talking about the truth about tithing. And uh, I know it's kind of seem, may seem a little taboo for a preacher to talk about tithing. But again, uh, I, I think it's important as, as God's word is filled with ways and how to properly handle our money and, and to give back to God and such. And so we'll be going through uh, the Bibles. We're going to be looking at five short passages uh, through the scriptures and taking a look at the truth about, the truth about tithing. And it may come as a surprise to some of you as what I might have to say. But before we begin, we have to know what a tithe is. The tithe literally means a tenth. A tithe is literally a tenth. It means to give a tenth. According to the the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, a tithe is a tenth part of something paid as a voluntary contribution or as a tax, especially for the support of a religious establishment. And so again, the, the tithe literally means to give a tenth. And so as we, be, as we begin to look about the truth about tithing, again, uh, our, our, our main source for truth is God's word. So we're going to be go ahead and take a look at a couple of passages in, in God's word in the Bible about tithing. So the first passage that we'll flip to is Genesis chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Genesis chapter 14, the very first book of the Bible. Chapter 14, and we're going to read verses 18 through 20. And this is about uh, Abram, who's called Abram at this time. His name later changed to Abraham, uh, the the father of many nations, the father of our faith, a, a key figure in the scriptures. And so it reads in Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. So here there's Melchizedek we'll talk about a bit in a later, but he's a priest of God. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So what we see here is pre-law, but before the law of Moses, here Abraham encounters this high priest, Melchizedek, 
And Abraham gives him a tenth of everything that he has to Melchizedek. And now again, Melchizedek is a very, very interesting figure. We talked a little bit about him in our youth group a couple weeks ago, and some of the girls were... Uh, eyes wide open and reading some of the passages about Melchizedek. Uh, But he was a high priest, and Hebrews chapter 7, way near the end of your Bibles, uh, is all about comparing Jesus to the high priest Melchizedek. And uh, you should go home and read that, because it's got some interesting stuff about Melchizedek um, that I'm sure will make your mind wander and question, who exactly is is this Melchizedek dude? Because he seems really important, but the scriptures don't really provide a lot of details as far as who he is. But for our sake today, we're just seeing that Abraham gave a tenth of everything that he had to this priest Melchizedek. And so also Jacob, Abraham's grandson, also gave a tenth to a priest in Genesis chapter 28, verses 20 and 22, but we won't go there for the sake of time. So before the law... Before the law of Moses, both Abraham and Jacob recorded as giving a tenth of their possessions to to the priest, to to basically the church. And so we continue through the scripture and looking at the truths of, of tithing. And we turn to Leviticus chapter 27. Leviticus chapter 27, just two books over. And the the very last passage of the book of Leviticus, verses 30 through 34, I'll go ahead and read. And it reads, Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruits of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wishes to redeem some of his tithe, he shall add a fifth to it. And every tithe of herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff, shall be holy to the Lord. One shall not differentiate between good or bad, neither shall he make a substitute for it. And if he does substitute for it, then both it and the substitute shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses for the people of Israel on Mount Sinai. So here again, uh, taking place in Leviticus chapter 27, uh, the Israelites are receiving the law of the Lord, the, the law of Moses, the law that God gave to Moses to give to the Israelites. That's why it's often known as the law of Moses, because Moses was the one delivering it to the Israelites. And so in this law of Moses, we see here in uh, chapter 27, verse 30, it says, every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So every tenth of what, the, what these Israelites would, would reap from their harvest, it would go to the Lord. And now here in Leviticus chapter 27, it is a command. It's a command for the Israelites to give a tenth of everything that they had unto the Lord. It was a direct commandment, and it was a direct disobedience if they did not follow this, this order, this law to give a tenth of everything that you had to, uh, to, back to God, back to the priest, back to uh, the, the, what was the church back then. So it was a law, it was a commandment, and many of us are probably familiar with that, but here we can see uh, that the actual place where it talks about in the law where, where, we, where the Israelites were re- required to give a tenth of all that they had. Now, unfortunately, uh, the Israelites were not, were not always the best uh, at keeping uh, the, this law, this commandment of tithing to the Lord, giving a tenth of what you make to the Lord. And we can see this in, in the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, the very last book of the Old Testament. In Malachi chapter 3, 
uh, we see how the Israelites were not doing a, a very good job in following this commandment of, of tithing to the Lord. In fact, the Israelites, uh, they, they were straying away from God. They, they weren't following many of the commandments and the laws that, that they had to, to obey and follow. In Malachi chapter 3, and we'll read verses 6 through 10, again talk about how the Israelites were not following this commandment to tithe. And so it says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, How shall we, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with the curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and there, thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. So again, here in, in this book of, of Malachi, they're talking about how this nation of Judah is breaking their covenant with God, is breaking their agreement with God. They're no longer following the commandments of God, no longer following the law established in the time of Moses. And, and so they talk about this idea that the Israelites were robbing God. And the Israel, Israelites ask, how are we robbing you, God? We haven't stolen anything from you. How are we robbing you? And he replies in verse 8, or the Israelites say, how have we robbed you? And he says, in your tithes and contributions. The Israelites were robbing God because they were not giving back to God what already was his. You see, all the possessions that we have really, really in the end, belongs to God. And the Israelites were robbing God as they were not giving a tenth of the possessions that they had, a tenth of their wealth back to God. And so they were robbing God. And God said that they should be cursed, that they will be cursed. And in verse 10, though, is pretty cool. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Now in the scriptures, uh, a couple times in the New Testament, Jesus says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Don't test God. You know, that, that's, that's kind of a, a minor theme in the scriptures. Don't test God. But this is the one place in the scriptures where it says, test God. God says, test me. Test me, Israelites. And, and, and he's telling the Israelites, if you fill my storehouse, and the storehouse uh, was a way where the Israelites gathered food and, and possessions to, to give to the needy, um, kind of uh, like the local church today. And so God said, fill the storehouse. Fill the storehouse. And if you do, I will bless you. He says, uh, he says, the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. God is saying to the Israelites, test me. If you tithe to me, I will bless you. I will open up heaven. I will pour down my blessings onto you, my people, my children, my, my beloved nation. It, it's fascinating to me. The one time in the scriptures where it says to test God, where God himself says, thereby test me. It's about tithing. And he says, if you tithe, 
in this instance, the Israelites, that they were to tithe to the Lord and fill the storehouse with, with, with their good, with, with their harvest, then the Lord God will bless them. And so those are just three short passages in the Old Testament uh, about tithing, the truth about tithing in the Old Testament. And so in the Old Testament, we see a couple of different things. That's before the law of Moses, people were tithing. Before the law of Moses, they were still giving a tenth of their possessions to priests. Now, now I don't think you could say everybody was doing that, but at least a couple of people. We know for a fact that at least Abraham and, and his grandson Jacob gave a tenth of what they had to, to a priest. And so we know that before they were commanded, Abraham and Jacob, they weren't commanded to tithe. They, they, they did it uh, on their own free will. They, they did it from the own good of their hearts. However, we, we turn to Leviticus, and all of a sudden, this idea of tithing, this idea of giving a tenth of what you have back to God, all of a sudden, it's a command. It's a command in the law of Moses. And if you don't obey that law, God says you will be cursed. You'll be cursed if you do not obey the commandment of tithing 10% back to me, back to God, back, back to the church, back to the priest, back to the storehouse. And we see that, that in Malachi, the Israelites were robbing God because they weren't giving back to God 10%. <laughs> and what I love in verse 10, God says, put me to the test. Put me to the test, Israelites. No other time in Scripture does it says, put God to test. In fact, Jesus says, don't put God to the test. But the one exception to that rule is testing God about the tithing here in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, where, 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 God, where God says to the Israelites, test me. If you tithe to me, I will open up the heavens. I'll pour my blessings unto you. But that's in the Old Testament. That's in the Old Testament. So the question then for us today here is, does that still apply to us? Are we still commanded to give 10%? Is it a law? Is it a commandment for us to tithe 10% of our wealth, of our income? And the short answer of that is no. No, we aren't. I, I, I don't believe that we are hereby commanded to tithe 10% of our income. Now, I will tell you that, that some pastors or some theologians would disagree with me, but, but from my perspective, what we'll take a look at here in a bit is I don't think it's a direct commandment in the New Testament church to, to tithe 10%. However, we have to look at uh, just two more passages in the New Testament to give us some clarity and perspective on this idea of tithing. So the first one is Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23, and we're just going to read verse 23. Here um, is what's often known as the seven woes to the Pharisees or the scribes. Here Jesus, near the end of his ministry, Jesus and the Pharisees, uh, they often didn't get along well. The Pharisees complained and grumbled, and they doubted that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. And they were the Pharisees. They were a legal group of Jews who were all about following the law to a T. And they were probably a pain in the butt to deal with, um, but uh, they were a pain in the butt for Jesus to deal with. Um, and so Jesus, as, as he's rebuking these Pharisees near the end of his ministry, he says in verse 3 of chapter 23, Woe to you! Scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. 
So here Jesus, as he is rebuking these Pharisees, these scribes of the law, he's rebuking them saying, uh, you've you've neglected the the weightier matters of the law and justice and mercy and faithfulness. But he he did take note that they were still tithing uh, their their, their 10%. And Jesus says, these you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So here Jesus, when he's talking to this Pharisees, this group of Pharisees who are tithing 10%, but they had serious lack of justice, a serious lack of mercy, and a serious lack of faithfulness. Jesus says, you should ought to keep, you ought to keep the tithe. At the same time, you should also remember justice and mercy and faithfulness, the weightier matters of the law. So here Jesus is telling the, the Pharisees that you ought, you ought to tithe. You ought to tithe. You, you ought to keep that done. You ought to have done that without neglecting the others. So here Jesus says to the Pharisees that, yeah, you, you ought to have tithe. He, he, he wasn't necessarily commanding the Pharisees that you thereby shall tithe 10%. No, he says, yeah, you ought to have done that. And then we turn to, to the book of 2 Corinthians, our, our last passage that we'll look at uh, this morning. 2 Corinthians and this idea of tithing is not really talked about much at all in the New Testament. In fact, the only places where the word tithing comes into play is where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, what we read just there in the other versions of the gospel in Mark and Luke, and then also in Hebrews chapter 7, just recounting the time when Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. So nowhere other in the New Testament is tithing talked about. Nowhere in the New Testament are we commanded to tithe. It's not found there. I'm sure there's many pastors out there who wish they could find a verse in the New Testament that says we are commanded to tithe 10%, but uh, we're looking at the truth, the biblically truth, an honest perspective of tithing. And there is no commandment specifically in the New Testament to the church to tithe 10%. However, we come across the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 9. And we're just going to read verses 6 and 7. Just the, the last uh, passage that we'll look at here this morning. And Paul here, he's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. But purpose in your heart, decide in your heart how much you are going to give to God. And let me tell you, God loves a cheerful giver giver. God loves a cheerful giver. So give as you've decided in your heart. Whatever amount, whatever percent that you've decided in your heart to give back to God, give it cheerfully for God loves a cheerful giver. Oh yeah, and by the way, if you give a little bit, you, you know, you, you'll get a little bit in return. But if you're generous and gracious and, and, and so bountifully, you will reap bountifully. You know the old saying, uh, what goes around comes around. This, this, is, this is kind of true in this sense. If you are generous and, and, and giving away your money and giving away your wealth and giving it back to God, then God says you will reap bountifully. You, 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 basically, you will be blessed. You will be blessed 
if you sow bountifully. So here, kind of in summary again, of of the truths of tithing in in the scriptures, we see that in the Old Testament that people tithe before they were commanded to. People just did it out of the good of their heart. And then we see in Leviticus that it was a commandment to tithe 10% of, of your harvest. And we see in Malachi how, how the Israelites, they were not doing a good job of tithing. They were not following this idea, this commandment of tithing 10%. And God said that they were robbing him. And so we see in the Old Testament that, that it was commanded through the law of Moses to give 10%. But the book, the book of Galatians talks a lot about uh, the law of Moses. And if we're still held uh, to follow uh, this law of Moses, something uh, a lot of the Jews struggled with back then. Um, but the book of Galatians talks a lot about this. But basically, uh, in summary and short, we, we aren't necessarily held to the law of Moses anymore. But rather, Jesus calls us to a higher law. Where in the law of Moses, it was sinful, it, adultery was sinful. It, it, it was sinful to, to sleep with, with another man's wife. That was sinful in the Old Testament. But Jesus says, you have heard that, that it was sinful to commit adultery. But I tell you now... In this New Testament church, in the church that we're living in right now, now it's a sin just to lust after another woman. Jesus says in the Old Testament law, it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but now you should turn your cheek to your enemies. Jesus says, that, and this is all in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, Jesus says uh, that, that it was a sin, it was a sin to commit murder. But now he talks about if you're angry with your brother, for an unrighteous reason, then you have committed sin. So Jesus is calling us to a higher law, a, a law of spirit, a, a spiritual law, not, not necessarily a law of Moses. And again, the, the book of Galatians talks a lot about this, something I wondered a lot through many years. Well, well what's the point of, of this Old Testament law, and are we still bound to it? Read the book of Galatians, and, and I hope that will open your eyes a lot. But, but long story short, I don't think we're held to the law of Moses where it says we are commanded to give 10%. And if you don't give 10%, you are disobeying God and God will curse you. But rather the trend that we see in the New Testament, the, the, the new church, the church that we're living in now, we see that you are to give out of your heart. We, we see that we're to decide with, within our hearts how much we want to give. And if we sow sparingly, we'll reap sparingly. If we, sow, if we sow bountifully, then we'll reap bountifully. Jesus all says, yeah, you ought to have tithe. Yeah, you ought to tithe. It's very good. It's very good. So, so in looking at the truths about tithing, uh, a big theme in, in the church, and a lot of people don't uh, like hearing messages about tithing as it's, it's got this connotation of pastors or preachers just trying to get as much money and, and strangle the, the people's necks to try to get as much money from them. But hopefully today you can see an open and honest perspective about tithing. Truths in the Bible, that it was commanded in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament we see this idea where you just decide in your heart how much you are going to give back to God. Because let me tell you, what you have, the wealth, the possessions that you have, it's not really yours. It's not really yours. It all belongs to God. We are just stewards. Basically, we are managers of the possessions that, that we oversee. But, but in the end, everything belongs to God. 
So when we have this idea of tithing and, and, and giving to the church, really all we're doing is giving back to God what already is his. We're giving it back to the church, giving it back to, to the people of God, the church, to spread God's kingdom here on earth. To spread God's gospel here on earth. And so my, my, my encouragement for you this morning is to decide in your heart, as Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, decide in your heart how much you are going to give to God and stick to it. Stick to it. Decide how much in your heart, how much you're going to give to God and stick to it. Let it be the first, whatever percent you give, let it be the first money that comes out of your account going to God. Decide in your heart and stick to it no matter what life throws your way. And although we, we aren't necessarily bound to the idea of tithing and, and giving 10% uh, to the church, and although it's not, uh, I believe, a, a direct disobedience to, to no longer tithe, I still think it's a great principle to follow. Uh, I'll tell you that Jamie and I, we, we, we traditionally just, we, we give 10% to the church. We give 10% back to God because that was a great principle. It worked for Abraham and Jacob when, when they weren't commanded to do it, but they, but they did it out of the goodness of their heart. And so although we, we aren't held to this law of the tithe, this commandment to tithe, I think it's still a great principle to hold to, as, as that's exactly what Abraham and Jacob did. And so I encourage you tonight to sit, to sit with your spouse or whomever it be, to sit down tonight and decide in your hearts, pray over it, prayerfully consider how much you are going to give to God. Sit down tonight and decide how much you are going to give back to God, what, what already is his. And for some of you, that, that may be 5%, and that might be a great start for you. You, you, you may decide in your heart that we are going to give 5% to you, God, and I would encourage that. I would support that. And you starting a trend and giving back to God, and you saying in your heart, yes, God, we're going to give you 5%. For some of you, it, it may be 10%. You may be, you know what, God, we see this principle of tithing in the Old Testament and giving a tenth that we saw how well it worked for Abraham and Jacob, and we just know it's a good uh, principle in general. So, God, we're, we're going to give back to you 10%. And that's awesome. If you decide in your heart if that's what you want to give, that is awesome. That's great. Do it, do it cheerfully, for God loves a cheerful giver. Maybe you just want to give $100 a week. Whatever you decide, that's great. Do it. Or maybe God has made you prosperous, so you can afford to give God 15 or 20%. You know, I've heard of some people giving as high as 50% of their income back to the church, back to God, because God has made them prosperous, and so they're just giving back to God what ultimately belongs to them. Many of you guys may also be familiar uh, with, with uh, the pastor or author Rick Warren. Uh, Rick Warren tells a story and uh, how in his first year of marriage, uh, he decided with his wife that he was going to give 10% back to the church. And so they gave 10% the, the, the full first year. And then the year two came along their marriage, and they said, you know what? We're going to up the ante, and, and we're going to give 11% to God. And then year three comes along, and they decide, we're going to give 12% this year. And some years they prospered, and they would increase how much uh, they gave back to God by 3 4 or 5%. Well, Rick Warren and his wife have reached a point in their lives and their ministry where now he does what he uh, refers to as a reverse tithe, where they give back 90% of their income to God 
and live on 10%. I find that awesome. I think that is awesome. That, that Rick Warren has realized that God has made him prosperous. And he decided that he can't afford to give back to God. He decided in his heart how much he was going to give to God, and he did it cheerfully. Now, for many of us, we, we probably can't afford to give 90%. And, and that's not my uh, plea or, or uh, call for you to do this morning is to give 90%. No, a lot of us uh, w- wouldn't reasonably be able to live on giving 90%. But whatever you decide in your heart. I'm serious. Sit down tonight and decide how much you can give. Decide in your heart how much you're going to give back to God. Whatever you decide, stick to it. Stick to it. And for some of you, this may be a radical change in giving back to God, giving back some of your wage, your income back to God. But again, you're not giving it to church. You are returning it to God. It was never yours in the first place. You are merely returning it to God. And so with, with this idea of deciding tonight, and really I encourage you all to decide tonight, to decide in your heart, if you haven't already, how much you're going to give back to God. Decide tonight. And for some of you, uh, this, this may be a, a big life change in, in giving back to God. Um, when uh, Jamie and I uh, first got married and, and we uh, wanted to give back to God, give back to the church, um, we, we had uh, good intentions in, in giving 10% back to the church and back to God. Uh, well, we, 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 don't get, we don't get paid every week. We get paid every other week, so it works better for us to, to uh, give every other week. Uh, but if you guys are anything like Jamie or I, uh, you forget. You forget you have good intentions in your heart, but you forget. And we struggled with this for a couple of months, and, and I put Jamie in charge of doing it um, because I knew that although Jamie was struggling with remembering, I would be about 10 times worse than her. So I, I kind of put her in charge of that. But we were really having a, a hard time and, and doing every other week. And so if you look at, look at our family calendar at home, Jamie literally wrote every other Sunday, tithe, tithe, tithe. And that's what it takes. Do it. Make a schedule. Do whatever works for you. Whatever you purpose in your heart, give to God. And make, make, make means to an end. Make, make it work. Make it work. What, whatever you have to do, make, make a schedule. If you decide you don't want to give every week because I'm telling you, you're probably going to forget. Make a schedule. Do what you have to do to make it to work, to give back to God what already is his. And this principle of giving back to God, I think, is so, so important. I mean, we see that there, uh, that there are 2,300 verses in the Bible um, that talk about your, your money, wealth, or possessions. Um, and Jesus often talks about money. So we know that's important, but it's especially important uh, w- when I look at it, when we think about loving God. Jesus says the greatest commandment, the greatest commandment in all the law of Moses is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Well, there's, there's a book out that, that's gained a lot, a lot of popularity recently called the, the Five Love Languages. Ever, has anybody heard of the Five Love Languages? Yeah, a, a decent uh, chunk of us. There, there are five different ways in which you can love uh, somebody. Uh, there's quality time, acts of service, uh, there's uh, words of encouragement, um, and gifts, and I'm forgetting another one. I don't know. But the one that I want to focus on is gifts. One way you express love unto others is through gifts. 
And I don't think you can fully love God if you don't give back to him. If you don't give back to God what is already his. And that's why I think this idea of giving and, and tithing is so important. We look at, look at the truths of tithing. I think it's so important because I don't think you can truly, fully love God, which we are called to, which is the greatest commandment. I don't think you can fully love God if you are not giving back to him. And that's why I think it is so important. And so again, tonight... Decide how much you, you want to give to God. And do it with a cheerful heart. Do it out of the goodness of your heart. For God loves a cheerful giver. And if you sow bountifully, let me tell you, you will reap bountifully. God says, test him. Test him. The one time in the scriptures where it says test him. God says, test him, and he will open up the heavens and, and pour his blessings upon you. So figure how much you want to give to God and stick to it. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you uh, for this day. Uh, Father, I thank you for uh, the blessings uh, that we all have. Uh, to, to live in, in a great nation in which we have the freedoms and, and a nation that's truly prosperous. Father, I just thank you for, for all that you give to us. Father, I pray that we can all realize this morning that, that what we have, that the possession that we have, truly are yours. We're, we're merely stewards or managers of the possessions that you've given to us. And Father, I pray that we can have a generous heart towards you, that we can give back to you what is already yours. Father, again, I just thank you for your many, many blessings, and I pray that we can return some of the favor back to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.